Hey guys, and welcome to episode 328 of The Startup Diary. I am Harrison Much, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Callow. Hey guys, and thanks for joining us. If you are new to the show, you have one hell of a back catalogue to go through. This is where we share what it's truly like to build a startup business. We're about six years old now, and we've raised some... Well, we didn't actually raise money straight away. We did bootstrapping to fund the business. We did some consulting, and then we raised some seed money, and then we raised some venture capital. And it's been one hell of a ride, and I've made loads of mistakes along the way as a CEO of this business, and I'm here to share those mistakes with you so you don't make them too. Harry, what are we talking about today, my friend? Today, Adam, we are covering another coaching session that you've had. Uh, Finally we've back. A, we've got a listener question about, I guess equity in the business is that what it comes under uh we'll dive into that in a bit and then we'll sort of finish off with what we've got on this week which is quite a bit and then just kind of what we're into sounds good mate. so for now let's dive into the topic of the show start strong start as we mean to go on you've had another coaching session and you came uh you came into the office sort of full of life full of mm-hmm. beans yep because it's been like what Three weeks? Four. Four. Yeah, four. Just down to ca- calendar clashes. Mm. Um, and, I, and I guess if you are new to the podcast, one thing that I'm personally doing right now is as the company grows, I'm trying to become a better version of me slash a better CEO for the business. And I think those two things go hand in hand. That's why I've got a, a performance coach now. It's something that I never thought I'd do, largely because I thought my ego would always stop me from listening to someone else. Mm. And that's the truth. Um, I never thought... I've always been that sort of person that will just like work it out myself. I'd rather work it out, fail, and then like get the bruises and then sort of move forward. Mm. Um, But yeah, so one session, uh, it's been four weeks and I think I'm on the third or fourth session now. What are you covering now? Because I know you went through family for a bit. Is it still family talk or? No, so it was really interesting last time. Um, So I guess for context, people should go back and listen to the previous ones because we cover off even though I went there to sort of become a better CEO, there's there's different parts of my life that he wanted to just dig into and sort of make sure that people have this belief of like the things that matter to you, like whether it's like work, health, family, kids, is as most entrepreneurs we go, actually, if I just focus on the business and I, how I think about it is if you put all these glasses on a table, might've mentioned this before, but put all these glasses on a table and yeah. they sort of reference your the things in your life the pillars in your life that you care about and you're trying to get them all full so most people especially people like me who are entrepreneurs running their own business they sort of say actually what I'll do I'll just fill the work glass make the business really successful and that will overflow into the other Mm. parts of my life and it's just not true Um, everything that you do has a opportunity cost and you're making sacrifices and he sort of spent the first three four sessions with me just working out what do I really care about which is really clear to me in terms of what I personally care about and my values but then making sure that I'm not building a structure through the business to basically create too many sacrifices in other parts of my life Um, that was super helpful I never ever thought we'd start there with the coaching Um, but the session this week was sort of exciting to me because we got into business and I'm like, yes, <laughs> I feel like I've like passed the test that I'm like, yes. <laughs> what is it like two months and about six grand deep? He's <laughs> uh, not cheap, mate. He's not that expensive, but he ain't cheap. Um, so I guess, I guess what I'll do is I'll cover off some of the stuff that we went through. Yeah. You showed me a picture of a whiteboard that looked like, um, 
what is it, Rain Man or something, just spewed up on the whiteboard. Circles, triangles, pyramids, all sorts of I think that's what got me excited. When he, as soon as he stood up and moved to the whiteboard, I was like, <laughs> a fucking game time. <laughs> I'm like, I love a good tool and a good chart. Um, so the session on Monday... And I guess just to sort of cover off, it's going to sound like we covered a lot of stuff off. I have an hour with him on a, well, tend to be on a Monday or a Friday, um, sort of like seven o'clock start. And I, I don't know if we've covered this before either, but I, th- I could have sworn it was like a, over like a coffee and breakfast. I don't know. I just had it in my head. No, that that's what you imagined. You'd, you'd always, I, I just assumed you kind of met with him in a quiet corner somewhere and just spent an hour just hashing things out all the time. No, this guy's a pro man. So like <laughs> he's got an office at like a nice farm secluded away. In the office there's like a meeting table, nice. there's whiteboards. It's very minimalistic. There's and basically how close we're sat together. There's sort of like two chairs like that with a table in between us with coffee and bits on. And black leather couch. He hasn't pulled that one out of me yet. <laughs> when I walk in and that couch is out, I know there's a problem. <laughs> um, no, I don't know why you thought it was just like in the back of a Starbucks. I, I, I could have sworn. I, uh, maybe it, maybe I'm literally just making it up, but I swear that you'd said, no, we, we have a coffee. We talk. Maybe, we do have a coffee. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's where I jumped to conclusions because you were like, oh yeah, we have a coffee and we just have a good chat. I was like, oh, coffee shop. Okay, fair enough. Get I can up. see where you mean. <laughs> How much you pay for that, Adam? <laughs> uh, so this week was, so we normally have the hour. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing I really like about him as well is when we're sort of like in flow and he hasn't got like another person afterwards, he's not like clock watching. And so you don't go in and he's like, cool, I'm just going to start my watch now. Click. Exactly. And it's like halfway through a sentence, he's like, <clears throat> end of the session, we'll continue this next week. Mm-hmm. Like there's none of that shit. And so way back when when I first started with the coaching with him there was a couple of things that I wanted to improve Uh, and one was just becoming a better communicator Uh, and then secondly was becoming a a better leader um, sort of better CEO Mm -hmm. sort of just the notes that I've got and how I framed it Um, just get good get good yeah exactly (laughs) and I think the, the reason is is I'm like a doer, like I like to do the work. Mm. And I think there's a transition that most founders and entrepreneurs need to go through as you build a team. And even if you're going from one to three, and then from like three to five and five to seven, there's different skill sets that you need throughout that because you've basically got to one build processes within the company. So it's not reliant on you. And then secondly, you've got to like trust people and then motivate them to do their best work. And I find that really hard because I, I still enjoy doing the work. Like the hardest thing for me to hire was a BDM, mm. like a sales guy. Because I love selling, like it's in me. But as you grow the team out, there's certain things that a CEO is responsible of doing. And you sort of have to ask yourself like, if I just want to be the sales guy, then I need to hire someone to run the company. And that's not gonna happen, like this is my baby. So I realized that I needed to become a better leader, become a better CEO. So as we grow the team, the team gets as much support from me as possible and I'm sort of I'm I don't know what a job role looks like for a CEO do you know what I mean yeah. it's like never done this before and you kind of see CEOs of companies but you don't really have a clue what they do like day to day and I've seen then the people that I've met I'm like what do you do even my old CEOs in my old company I'm like I don't really know what you do mm. so they're not really good examples but I didn't really have any reference points of what a good CEO should look like. I knew what I wanted to achieve, but didn't really know the stepping stones to get there. So that's where the performance coach thing yep. came in. So we started off with an exercise of 
Well, there's three different ways he opened it up, actually. I'm just kind of like going through my thoughts in terms of how he opened the session. And in terms of trying to work out the CEO that you want to be, he said there's like three different ways of doing it. And the terminology might be wrong, but I'll explain them so you get them. He says one of them is anchoring. So think back to previous CEOs that you've had and think about their traits, what they do, and try and identify things in those people that you resonate with yeah. and try and build a picture up of what you want to be as a CEO using people that you've worked with in the past. That didn't work for me because I haven't got a lot of experience with, got had a couple of CEOs and MDs and bits mm. like that, but haven't got a wealth of experience and none in the sector in terms of the, how we operate. So that was like a no. Second one was Aspire. So from reading, learning, watching, what CEOs do you see that you think they've got their shit together. I want to be more like them and then dig into their traits. And you're never going to be like emulate one person, but it might be like these three people have got traits that I really like. And then you go and learn about those people, those traits, and then the performance coaching sessions will be about sort of like actually what's the things you like about these people and then making them your own. That was option two. And then option three was visualization, uh, which is simply in three years time or five years time and you can pick the horizon that you're working to uh, i pick three years in three years time what do you want to come in to your office and do and how do you want people to feel um as a result of the work that you do so sort of like just make it up like which is the one i opted for to be honest because <laughs> I saw I saw the little smirk on your face. Yeah, because doesn't it, surprise me. No, but for me, it's because it makes most sense. It's like I don't really want to anchor off anyone else or look at someone else and be like, want to be like that. Because is, is there is there an option to wing it? I'll do that one, please. <laughs> so went through like the visualization, which basically looked like in three years' time. Tell me what you do as a day to day as a CEO of Expert Trades. Sorry, let me reframe that. It's really important. He says, tell me what you do as the CEO of Expert Trades. Mm. He did not say day-to-day. So then I just basically continued to say, okay, so I didn't do it. By the way, I didn't like close my eyes and all this. I just like sat and had a thing. Because <laughs> they were already closed. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a, had a thing. And it turns out I went like really granular. Like I was like, he was like, what does the company look like? what's happening and I tried to ask him questions to get more insight of like what, what are you trying to get out of me here like he was like Adam <laughs> tell just, me what you want just me to say three years, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm like cause I didn't know whether it was like the sorts of things you wanted to hear is it like company size is it turnover yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he just let me go off on my own devices and I kind of went into the size of the company as in, as in like he just sat there stone faced like no, I'm not giving you anything. He just kind of said, Adam, he said, just tell me what you're doing. Just tell three, me what you want. Yeah, in three years time, what are you doing as a CEO of Expert Trades? What, just tell me what it looks like in your head when you think about three years time, what does the company look? And he wasn't giving me any of the clues. Mm. And I'm like trying to angle, shoot. I'm like trying to get some more information out of him. you're trying to answer the question for him as opposed to- For me. Figure out what you want. I'm trying to answer it for him than, rather than doing it for me. Yeah. I only realized it afterwards. I was like, oh, I see what he's doing. So. I kind of went into the size of the company, how many offices we're going to have, because we're going to have two offices in two mm. years' time. We'll have a development office and we'll have a creative office. And that's purely down to where we can hire people. I went into turnover. I went into like number of staff that we have. I went into how many hours I spend with my direct reports, how many direct reports I have. And he basically just went through it and let me just keep talking. 
And he was like, well, what's your working week look like? How many hours have we got left to do this? And he basically like filled it all up as a calendar and just let me keep talking. So I knew that I was spending like 12 hours with my direct reports a week. I knew that I was sort of open door policy with the team. I was spending one day a week out of office to sort of network, improve learnings and just work on projects. Like and all like the really granular detail. And then he sort of like took a step back and then stepped out of his chair and went to the whiteboard. And he basically just flipped it all on its head for me. He said, the problem that I've got, and he said it's because of my controlling nature. He says, the way that I think about the business in three years time is very day to day. It's very functional. Mm. There was no feeling. There was no vision setting. And he says, this is the thing we need to work on. Because in three years time, if you're thinking about what's in your, your default line of thinking is what's in your calendar, we need to shift that because what's in your calendar should be a byproduct of the rest of this pyramid that mm -hmm. you went through. Do you want me to just kind of roll through like the, the sketch on the board and yeah yeah see if we can visualize so at the very bottom of this pyramid is day to day mm -hmm. that's where I started so that's my first problem in terms of the thing that I need to work on and fix so he said at the very top of the pyramid and then we went through this exercise he says what do you want to be known for as a CEO so it's what do you want to be known for and I've got a list of stuff that I've, I've yep. made notes on can you give us a few examples? Yeah, or? of course. Um, more than happy. Um, so extreme transparency, mm -hmm. extreme trust. Extreme is quite a powerful word. Is that Was that your own? That's my own. Yes. Yeah, these what, are all. What made you say like extreme? Because I want people to know, because if someone goes always oh, trustworthy, I want people to know that like if, if like word yeah. is bond is how I think about it. Like yeah. dad taught me, shake someone's hand and it's, it's better than a signed contract. Okay, word is bond sort of thing. And that's where the word extreme comes in. Um, I've got balanced, but highly motivational in terms of how I conduct myself within the office. I want people, I don't want to be like this fucking always on switch, like, <laughs> like, like highly energetic guy that, that people feel like it's difficult to communicate with. And I think that's probably where I lean towards naturally now. I'm just sort of like, let's, let's go crush it sort of attitude. Yep. I want to become more balanced in my approach and energy and then have the ability to like turn it on and be highly motivational when needed. Um, consistency in terms of, um, I have lines in my life that I don't cross. So an example being at 6.30, between 6.30 and 7 every night now, regardless of where I am, if I'm having a dinner, whatever I'm doing, client meeting, whatever, I will step out and call my kids. Mm. And just like little things yep. that I'm consistent with and I have my own personal boundaries and people know that. Um, treat, other, treat others like I want to be treated. Sort of like a cliche one, but true. Uh, and sort of the way that I transfer that into the business talk is build a business that I would want to go and work for. Um, deliver results and high integrity. So I want people to know that like, uh, yeah, I what I say is I'm doing it and it's coming from a good place mm. uh, and there's there's honesty there. So they're my they're sort of like my values. And then he goes, once you've established your values of how like what you want to be known for uh, as a CEO, and he, he gave a really great example about like um, Barack Obama when he was talking about the shootings that happened in America, um, and he said so. 
depending on the audience that you're speaking to, how he delivers a message is completely different because he knows the exact feeling and emotion that he wants to leave people with every time that he talks. It's very, very deliberate. So he sort of moved on. So the example of being like when speaking to the families of the victims, he wants to be seen as empathetic and he wants people to feel warm and cared for afterwards. However, when he's speaking about those same shootings on national television, mm. he wants people to know that he's authoritative. Do not fuck with the United States of America. Like, he's talking about the same topic, but he's addressing different values that he matters about because he needs to be authoritative mm-hmm. and empathetic. And how he delivers that message is very different, even though it's about the same topic. So then he goes, and this I really struggle with this. It's like the how. It's like the key feeling that you want to leave people with. So it's like, here's the things that I want to be known for. And then how how are you going to deliver that value? So an example being, if I want to deliver results for the business, how I leave, how I do that might be, I'm going to be extremely direct and be the CEO that you don't fuck with. I tell you to do it and you get it done. Some CEOs have that style. I don't want that. I want to do the... I'm stood by your side, arm around your shoulder, and I'm here to get you to deliver the best work because the company needs to perform. And because you believe in the vision of the company, you want to perform. And it's like, actually, what are the four or five hows, the feelings that I want to leave people with? So it's like, I want people to, I want to have authority when I speak in certain situations. I want to be empathetic. I want to, I want, and there's all these little things that I'm working on. So there's the values and the approach. And then we move down into key areas. So what are the key areas that I think a CEO is responsible for working on? And these are like really unique to you. So for me, um, I had culture. I had, um, I'm trying to refer to my notes, but they're scribbles. I've got to sort of work out. Sorry, the, and, and is this still in the, uh, pyramid, the pyramid? Yeah. That we're working so like right top yeah. of the pyramid is values. Yep. Next level down is the approach. And the third level down is the key areas. So you're sort of building your principles up and how you're going to deliver them. And it's like, okay, great. Once you've got that, it's like, what are you actually going to work on in mm-hmm. the business? So this was, for me, culture, um, motivation, um, hiring. So um, becoming a talent scout is how I refer to it. Mm-hmm. Like I should always be looking for the best people to bring into the team. Uh, and as a side note for me is personal brand. Like it's just something that I want to personally work on um, because regardless of what company that you're in, for me, I want Adam Callow to be a brand that allows me to deliver my best work and have as much leverage in the future because it's not just, oh yeah, you run this thing called Expert Trades. It's no, no, like I am I am the CEO and this is what I stand for. Mm-hmm. Not just here's what Expert Trades stand for. So I want to build that up. So then you've kind of got the values, the approach, the key areas, and then it goes down to like key activities. And that's the stage where you actually go into a bit more detail. So if you imagine you draw a circle in the middle and you put like Adam Callow CEO, and then you decide to write down all your key areas as like a spider diagram or a mind map or whatever you can PC call it these days. Um, brainstorm. No, brainstorm's one you can't call it. Mind mm-hmm. map's one you can. So like you mind map off this and you go, okay, Adam Keller in the center. Off here, we've got motivation for the team. Down here, we've got hiring. Over here, we've got culture. And then off each of those, you then go a level deeper. So it might be, okay, motivation, key activities. I need to work out five to 10 things off this wheel, create the cogs of how can I motivate my team? And there's thousands of ways, 
but the things that I should be putting into my calendar. And if I go, actually, motivation is important. I should be spending 20% of my time on working out how to motivate the team. Then I need to work out what the key activities that I need to do. And that might be team building exercise. It might be everyone seems to be pissed off every time they walk out of a meeting. I need to change how meetings take place in the company. So if you look at someone like Amazon with Jeff Bezos, every single meeting that they walk into, they have a document that is the purpose of the meeting, the objective of the meeting, mm-hmm. and everyone gets a printout given to them and they everyone reads it together, not out loud, but they read it before they go into the meeting so everyone is on exactly the same page. Not saying we're going to do that, but that's his way of, that's probably his way of getting a higher performance from the team because that's probably one of his key activities. So for me, it might be, if meetings <coughs> suck, why? They're demotivating people. How do I fix it? So you then develop all these key activities and then you go into building a plan. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I care about. And that's the stuff that then fills your diary. So like I started like ground up to which he sort of explained to me that that's, that's how an employee operates mm. in terms of like they know what their tasks are day to day. And then I kind of explained to him, I said, I think probably one of the reasons that I always think ground up is a startup business cares about tomorrow. They care about next month, maybe three months out. They never think about a year, two, three years time. They never, they, culture matters and they know it matters, but they're never planning for it. Like the CEO's never taking time out of his day to think, okay. I'm going to go and work out how I improve the culture of my company. We all care about it. But as a small business, you don't know if you're going to be here in two years' time. You have no idea what your mm. company is going to look like. And I think even though I've known all this stuff is important in years two, in years three, in years four, I was like, I can't take the time out of the calendar to work on it because I need to go and generate the sales. Like I, do, I don't want to work on stuff if we're not going to be alive in a year's time. I just want to make sure we're alive in a year's time. The only reason I'm actually happy to take time and work on this now is I know we're going to be here in a few years time like we kind of hit that mm. point now it's like okay not that we're established and there's still a lot of risks no but there's, a, there's enough members in the team to keep the engine running while you take time out to think the bigger picture enough members in the team to keep the engine running and there's enough revenue coming into the business that allows us to not worry about new business new business new business like we're just at this point now, unless I go on like another mad hiring spree and I'm like just, because then you dump loads of costs into the mm-hmm. business and that's got its own problems. But I think the tipping point is because I know we're going to be around, I have to invest in myself to become a better CEO so I can then support the team. And this is probably the only time that I've honestly felt comfortable that we'll be around for a few years time, that it makes sense to make that investment sort of where we are. So... That, I assume that wasn't the whole, was that the whole coaching session? No, Just understanding that? Or? Uh, kind of, that probably took like an hour and a half. Um, and then we sort of spent the last half an hour sort of me like getting clarification on some things, uh, which I've, I feel like I'm, I'm there now in terms of what you spoke mm-hmm. about. Um, and what's interesting is when I told him that story um, that I just told you in terms of like, I didn't, I've never really worked on this now until now because I didn't know we'd be here. I just needed to worry about next week, next month, maybe three months out. And he sort of drew a triangle on the board. He was like, I'm glad you're thinking long-term. So think about this. He says, you're a, he says you know maths. You're rel- relatively intelligent, Adam. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's walk you through this. So an equilateral triangle. So all sides are the same. Uh, and let's just say you've got a triangle and a square 
next to each other. If you move the triangle for, and they're on a table, okay, and you move the triangle forward three centimeters, mm -hmm. and you move the square forward one centimeter, across both shapes, who's made more progress? See, I feel like we we because we actually spoke about this yesterday, but yeah. I feel like you've not given the full information. I feel like there's a missing sentence there, like. There was no finish line. You've not mentioned a finish line. Oh, look, look, they're, they're moving forward. They're, okay? both, they're, they're both moving yeah, forward. Agreed. Business. Okay, let's just ignore a finish line. Okay, they're both moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Okay. As a business, <laughs> yeah. The problem that I was running into is I was thinking of it like a triangle. Mm -hmm. Like the CEO is at the top of that triangle, yep. and the CEO's job is to keep moving the business forward. So the CEO moves three centimeters forward. And let's say our biggest competitor is the square mm -hmm. and it moves one centimeters forward. When you run the maths, overall, the square across the complete shape has moved forward mm -hmm. in terms of like mass more yep. than the triangle. Because it's, it's just the tip of yep. the triangle. It's just the CEO or it's just the CEO and the, like, the execs, whatever it is, the top of that like org chart, mm -hmm. they've moved forward. Whereas a good CEO will move the whole business forward because net, 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 you've basically produced a much more efficient engine. And I'll probably explain that really poorly, but it's basically the it's basically the understanding that if you just work on you, mm -hmm. as in you do the jobs, you do the tasks, you will move the business forward. However, you've got all the critical mass all the real the real people your colleagues the people that do the real work in the business like the engine is still fucking way back there mm -hmm. like the ceo's job is to move the biz the whole thing forward in sort of one uniformed manner the vision the mission take everyone with you don't run off and think fucking catch us up guys yeah. we're, off, we're like we're off to the races and i think that's the mentality shift that i've been going through recently uh and when you visualize it on the board, I thought, okay, that you probably need a whiteboard to draw it out. It makes more sense when you see it. But that's sort of what I'm trying to do now is make sure that my time is spent moving the square forward. It's yeah. a weird sentence, but I know what it means. <laughs> yeah, I think I think your coach probably explained it a little bit better. That's why he's the coach. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. Um, cool. So it sounds like you feel, well, you are clearly more energized from the latest one. Have you got another one booked in? Yes. Um, and what are you doing from now until next session? Yeah, so... Um, Sorry, for, when is the next session? The, it's in three weeks' time because okay. uh, he's away again. Uh, but after that, he's not away. But to be honest, I need, I need time. It's super helpful for me mm -hmm. um, because the stuff that we spoke about is like big, ugly, ugly challenges. Like they are, you literally have to go away and think and do. So in terms of my activities that I need to do is define my key values like what mm -hmm. what do I want to be known for because the stuff that I came up with in the in the session I probably need to just refine and get it down and then work out the hows so how do I want people to feel what are my the feelings that I leave people with when they meet me whether it's a new employee coming out of a like their first meeting with me once they've joined the team like getting all that nailed down uh, and then drawing that spidergram of activities out which is here's who I am here's my values and, and then going really deep on one to make sure that I've I've got the right mindset around it, which is, let's just say, I say Adam Callow, what I care about is motivating the team, 
how do I then go and do that? What do my activities look like? And then what does my calendar look like? So if I want to spend 20% of my time motivating the team, like go really deep into it to work out what I've physically got to do, put it into the calendar and then operate on that for a week and see if it works before I go and try and do it across all parts of uh, all parts of those key values. Like it, uh, and a bit of a, a bit of a side side note, probably not for the listeners, but for me. But when you were talking about the spider diagram that you're talking about, yep. I think for the personal brand conversations that we've been having, I think as uh, as a map for like the material and the content to create, I think that's a really interesting way of just looking at what we can talk about and things to cover. 100%. Definitely look into that. I think on that note though, one of the things that I find interesting is some of the tools that he's just, not the things he's teaching mm. or talking about, the tools and the methods that he uses to talk about them, they're really helpful. Like yep. there's all this like, he's got this tool set that he comes out and he's like, oh, here's a diagram for that and here's a process for that. Like that's How does a, he know what diagram he needs to draw? That's what, what does, always man. gets me. He's a coach, man. He's got these, this is what he does. So I need to give you the square and the triangle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cool. We shall leave it there and have a quick break. Uh, and we will be back with listener questions. So, Adam, we had an email come in. Uh, he actually requested to be anonymous, understandably, as you'll find out in a minute. Okay. Uh, but he, he emailed in uh, Startup Diary at nbs.fm and asked the following. Nice plug, mate. I'm in talks with a friend of mine about starting a business. The idea was to be 50-50, commit to the business on the side of our day jobs until it can afford to pay us enough to go full-time. How do I raise my concerns that I am bringing the most value to this partnership and believe the shareholding should be more 70-30? So like, I guess they've come up with an idea. Cool, you and me, Adam, we've got this idea together. Let's go down, split it down the middle because we're both, you know, 50-50 came up with the idea together. Mm -hmm. Let's do it together. But then Muggins is doing all the hard work and you're, <laughs> you're just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're just coming in and like adding that sprinkle on top um, obviously if you feel like you're grafting the most you feel like you probably deserve more um, compensation for that how do you how do you have that conversation yeah my head my head just goes off in a number of different situations with this so me and you come up with the idea 50-50 yep. and then all of a sudden I realise that I'm doing all the work the problem is, is you don't know how, firstly, where my head goes to is if it was me and you and it's a friendship, there's probably so many complications that come down the line mm. in terms of control, authority, equity, all this. Like for me, I just naturally go into, is it fucking worth it? Like there's no business right now and you're starting it with a friend. Regardless of who's putting in the most work up front, at the end of the day, it sounds like they had aspirations to leave their day jobs to then do this full time. Mm -hmm. If you're both making a commitment to leave the jobs and do this full time, then it feels like you're both pretty integral to the business. And the difference between 70% for you, Harry, if you're doing all the work as muggins up front, as you put it, <laughs> uh, and 30 for me, I, this is a really shitty answer, but I just don't think it's worth the headache. If you're going in with that mentality now, mm. you're destined to fail because it's like going into a marriage and saying, like, this is where prenups come in. Actually, this is this could get really like, this could get, people might disagree with me here. Like, how I feel about a marriage is, regardless of how much you, you're earning, like, we're in this together and we're mm. a team. So we, let's just put it all in a pot and let's make it happen. I feel the same thing is about business. 
And largely because I've probably had a five years experience on my belt of being a CEO. And the business that you think you start in day one is never the business that you end up actually growing. Mm. Like an idea on paper is great. What you need is a relationship, most importantly, of someone that you're in the trenches with who is prepared to roll up their sleeves because they go, me and you're in the same boat here. This thing needs to work. We're gonna leave our shitty day jobs and then go and start this business. If I've got 30 and you've got 70, all the conversation will be about, yeah, we desperately need to do this. H, you've got to go and do it. Like, you've got mm. more equity than me. You've got to put more time in. Like, that's the sort of conversation you need to avoid. You just need to be super aligned from day one. Have someone to roll up your sleeves with and get the work done. Because let's just say it's a creative thing. Like, cool, Harry's doing all the creative. Mm. Well, guess what? When you make it, mate, you've got to sell it. And I can fucking sell. So you're going to do your work mm -hmm. up front and I'll worry about monetizing it later. Like you don't know what the business is going to look like. So just go into it with, hey, by the way, right now it's 50-50. I feel like I'm going to do most of the work. So when it comes to you doing your work, you better fucking perform. Mm -hmm. Have that conversation. Don't go in and say, listen, uh, worked it out and sort of looks like I'm going to do an extra seven hours a week part-time and <laughs> compared to you. So I think we just need to like mm. have a conversation about the equity. Like if you do that, you're destined to fail. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a couple of different things that he's potentially like feeling this way about. Potentially it's the amount of work that he's doing in relation to the other person. Um, but I also think as well, if it, if it is more of a 70-30 split, then that would imply that the guy that's doing the 30 can do more when needed. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So he's, of the two of them, he's potentially got more spare time, which means that whether it's the sales or whatever, he can use the extra time in air quotes that he's got to like line up new projects, new work, whatever yeah, they, it may they, be. They can definitely stay busy. <laughs> I don't, I was gonna address the person's name, but you've literally put it in our notes as anonymous. I haven't seen this yet. Um, whoever you are let me ask you this question is do you want to go in 70-30 because you feel like you're actually doing most of the work or do you just want to have more control in the business and be honest with yourself if you are the person that wants to run your own business and don't want to be accountable to someone else you need to go and do it on your own and then hire someone as an employee that's what you need to do don't bullshit yourself if you cannot work alongside someone and what you're actually saying is I want to control, even if it's 5149, mm -hmm. if I want to control this business, you've then got to have a conversation. Because guess what? If you run a business as a partnership, one of you needs to be the CEO. You cannot have two CEOs in a business. Okay, one of you needs to be the, like the book stops with you, you make the final decision. And between that partnership, you need to work out who that is. That necessarily doesn't mean you have different equity. Like the 70% shareholder, might have might be the CTO in the business and the 30% is the MD because he's the one doing the operations and the sales mm. and stuff like that. That's fine, but work out who has authority and control of the day-to-day -day and then think about equity separately. If it's a control thing, you've got to have that conversation because it's just going to end up like a bad marriage and a bad marriage always ends in divorce. Yeah, and the, uh, the most value comment that he made as well is like like you like you said a minute ago about if for example we're doing creative work obviously you can't sell anything that i've not made but ultimately i probably can't sell anything that i've made either so like even though i might be doing more work and it's like mine's the bulk value of what we're selling mm -hmm. if you've not got that 30 percent to sell it you you're up shit creek without a paddle 100 <laughs> and i think I think it's. I think what I'm. I think what I've worked out is this question feels like 
this person is looking for an excuse mm. to try and control and they need to be honest with themselves and work out why and if it's not that and it's literally I'm doing a bit more work get off your high horse roll up your sleeves and have a partnership because I promise you the thing that I find the hardest is I don't have a co-founder mm. like that is fucking hard like if you've got someone by your side that can just celebrate the highs with experience the lows with that's worth that extra 20% difference just get aligned cool we'll leave that one there um I was going to say the name then, but I won't. Uh, if, <laughs> if you guys have got a question, you can email it in just like this person did to startupdiary at nbs.fm or join the Facebook group because there's loads of other people in there that are willing to share their advice and opinions as well. Good sounding board. Just go to facebook.com slash groups. And if you are looking to- Startup Diary Club. <laughs> Sorry, man. Rude. <laughs> Uh, and if you are looking to join, we're actually doing an event coming soon. So we're going to get some more people together. Mm-hmm. We've had two events so far. So if you are listening to this and you've been a listener of the podcast and have not yet joined the Facebook group, head over and then hopefully we can see you at an upcoming event. Cool. We'll have a quick break, Adam, and then we'll be back to close the show. Cool. Adam, what have you been up to this week, my friend? Uh, so this week, um, I've actually got two days out of the office. So um, point of recording this, Thursday, Friday this week, I have sort of booked off, kept it in my calendar for about two months now um, to sort of, that's actually all the stuff I'm working on with the coach. I sort of need some time to work out, basically to get my house in order in terms of some day-to-day activity, key responsibilities, org charts, all that stuff, just because we've got new people joining the team, they need clarity. And then the stuff that I've been doing with my performance coach is it's going to take me some time and there's zero point going to a coach unless you're going to do the follow-up actions. So for me, put those off. And then from a bit more of a social perspective, uh, we did shooting yesterday, which mm-hmm. was good fun. Um, a friend of mine, a friend of ours, should I say, started a uh, construction industry clay shooting society. It is a mouthful. Um, and uh, that was great fun yesterday. So we had like 30 people attend the shooting event and it's it's great, great for networking, great for sort of showing support for our customers. Um, and then we have a tough mudder on Saturday, mm. to which I have been to the gym twice now in the last three months to train for. Can't wait. How about you? What are you on with? <laughs> I think uh, Anthony Joshua does the exact same thing. He has uh, two <laughs> training sessions before he jumps in the ring and he's good to go, mate. So it all works out. <laughs> good to go, motherfucker. Got knocked out in his last fight, mate. <laughs> Should have gone three times. Uh, I've just been flat out, mate, to be fair. Um, struggling with well I've I've so last week I think it was uh, as time of recording last week I was like out all week yep um, which has produced a shitload of work for me to do uh, but I've not been able to basically work on it so that's my big challenge at the moment yeah I'm really keen to see how you because you've got obviously your first direct report coming in so Conor McGregor starts with us um, on the 27th <laughs> Um, what are you laughing it's at? not his last name. <laughs> it is to me. <laughs> what was interesting is when I made him the job offer and we speak about start dates, I was like, told Harry he starts on the 26th of August and then Harry comes in and goes... I was like he, checking the calendar. I'm like, cool, Connor's starting then. I was like, 26th? That's a bank holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to I had to literally text Connor and say, hey, Connor, I know Adam's got you coming on the 26th, but that's a bank holiday. I know he wouldn't, he'd like us to work on holidays, but (laughs) I'd have him and you in. No one else is in, so. Uh, Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to hearing on the mics how you are getting on with that. Uh, It'll be really cool actually to get uh, like Connor and Leon and some some of the new starters back onto the mics to talk about what it's like, like one, two, Mm. three months in, 
how how I'm managing them, how you're managing them, and trying to get some honest feedback. They probably need to be in for two months before they start to really yeah. be honest. Um, but I went for a great meal with Leon the other day, who's our who's our new what's his title? Motion graphics designer. Thank you. Um, yeah, he's enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you tell someone his role, it's, it's like different. what is it? It's That's different. Uh, I come like out with pictures and exactly he makes stuff look pretty. Um, he's our expert trades beautician is what I'm going to call him I'm not <laughs> he won't enjoy that um, but he, he's enjoying it uh, I feel like the team's really got behind him and uh, just I guess you can't not love his work so mm. naturally he just people go he's a great asset to the team it's just really nice to have some consistency in the company yep agree <laughs> um, and then moving on to what we're into so for me uh, it's something that's been rattling around in my brain for a while I do something called expert trades live which is one day sales and marketing events for our community mm-hmm. I've always been looking for a way to scale that up, but it's it's basically me delivering training. So I probably do one every two months. Um, and we're looking at doing on-demand learning. So taking Expert Trades Live, packaging it up for our community and basically delivering courses uh, that are just more scalable. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, me, you, um, and Sam Wilcox, who came shooting with us yesterday, who runs Tribecto, uh, which is like sales and marketing automation. Um, looking forward to sort of getting you guys back around the table to sort yeah. of put some meat on the bones. And then Definitely. when Conor McGregor joins, he can he can help. Uh, and then me, um, nothing really exciting, but I'm just changing platforms. So like... Boring. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, for anyone that actually cares, I edit videos in Final Cut at the moment, which is an Apple product, but I'm moving over to the... Fully moving over to the Adobe Suite, which is, uh, it's going to be a journey, but I've been watching YouTube about it just to kind of familiarize myself because I, I think I opened it once before and I was sick in my mouth, but it's like, it's like the first time you open Photoshop, it's like, I know how amazing this tool can be. Where yeah, is exactly. the cut button? Too many, too many choices. <laughs> yeah, I, I need any joke regarding the boring thing, but we had a quick conversation on it the other day. And I know it's not ideal because it's going to slow you down. But I think the reason we made that decision was everyone that you were interviewing uses the Adobe Suite. So you could force them all to get onto Final Cut. But that that's partly <coughs> because it's cheaper. It's a cheaper barrier to entry and stuff. So that's like... But it's still the truth. It's like... and But it's more multi-platform, which is more ideal for yeah like when, when Leon team, works on something work. he can yeah. send it to you That's and there's, the loads, there's loads of benefits but it's going to slow you down in the short term but hopefully speed the whole team up yeah. in the long term it's the triangle v the square it's the, the hotkeys <laughs> that I need to learn cool and on that guys thank you so much for staying with us throughout the whole show if you have not yet hit that subscribe button make sure you go and do it we drop one episode every single week so make sure you don't miss it hit the subscribe button and if you haven't left us that five star review yet head over to your podcatcher of choice and leave us a five star review and let us know why you listen to the show where you listen to the show and what business you are running if you are at the stage of running your own business if you're not running your own business yet don't you worry keep plodding away at it and you hopefully this podcast will motivate you to take action or unsubscribe. There's a throwback for you, H. Hey guys and welcome to episode 328.
of the Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I am bringing it in slowly with my co-host, Adam Callow. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Startup Diary. If you are new here, you've got a hell of a back catalog <laughs> to go back through. This is where myself and Harry jump on the mics and share what it's truly like to build a business. We're about six years old now. We've done the bootstrapping to fund the business. We've raided some... Raid? We've raided. We've raided some banks. <clears throat> We've done the bootstrapping to see the business. So fucking hell. Let's start again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 cool. Too many edits in the first 14 seconds. When, when my edits start with a zero, <laughs> no. <laughs> I like it. Uh.